Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. How y'all doing this morning? Everybody caffeinated enough? Some of you. Some of you are still working on it. Um, Okay, so Kayla reminded me of something. How how many people said they were fans of Christmas? A couple people. Most of us. I've got like three people in my life that like are not fans of Christmas. One of them is my brother-in-law, TJ. And so just every time you see him, just say like ho, ho, ho to him or something like that. You know, give him some candy canes. Uh, but by raise of hands, how many of you guys already have your Christmas trees up? Kayla, you're the only psycho in the room. Is that what it is? Sorry. It's not even Thanksgiving yet, Kayla. You can't put your Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving. It's like, a, it's like an American law or something like that, right? I'm just kidding. I'm, I love that you love Christmas. Um, Christmas time is here. It's coming up. Uh, I already heard some people playing Christmas tunes. Uh, and man, if that brings you the Christmas spirit, then, then you do what you got to do. Uh, I already had someone text me this past week. They said, Pastor Brian, the seasons have changed. I said, what do you mean? And he sent me a picture of the Reese's peanut butter cups are now Christmas trees. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, yeah. He knows me very well. <clears throat> hey, if this is your first time here uh, or first time in a while, or if you're tuning in online, I want to say welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us here this morning. Uh, my name is Brian Nichols. I'm the pastor here at Coastline. Um, if you're not here, if you're not, wa- if you're not here in person, you might not know, but uh, this past week has been a little bit difficult uh, for Volusia County residents because we've gone through our second hurricane in like six weeks, right? Is that what it is? I think there was like 40 days in be- 43 days in between or something like that, which is crazy. Uh, we just had Hurricane Nicole go through, and uh, we're done with hurricanes for the year. We, I'm claiming it in the name of Jesus. We don't want any more. Man, that's about zero fun. Um, uh, I know everyone's families have been stressed. People are stressed. Uh, the community is stressed. There's a lot of people that are dealing with lots of loss and devastation, and um, it's been a really trying time for us. Um, it's been uh, also difficult for my family because a couple days before uh, the hurricane was, uh, was coming, um, we started to feel a little bit un- under the weather. And so all of us were under the weather as the weather was over us. And it was just, it's not been a good, it's not been an easy week for us at all. And so be praying for the Nicholses. Um, so thankful for uh, the amazing staff and volunteers that we have here at Coastline uh, that help pull and make this all happen. Uh, what, what goes on this morning, I had like nothing to do with. Our fantastic team and volunteers and staff did all of it. And so can we give them a hand real quick? We're so thankful for them. And lastly, but certainly not least, Friday we celebrated Veterans Day. And many of you celebrated it by picking up palm fronds and shingles out of your front yards. And that's not how we should celebrate it. And, uh, even as I saw some, uh, some great friends walking in today that are veterans, I think it's uh, only fitting. I, w- I want you to know from my family, I'm so very thankful if, if you're a veteran here today and you've served our country in that way. I'm, I'm very thankful for you. I'm thankful that that's yeah, a big deal. Uh, on behalf of our church, on behalf of the, the Nichols family, on behalf of myself, I want to thank you so much for, for your service and what you've done. Um, and, and there's nothing we can say to, that, that, that 
makes up for how much you've, you've put in, and it really makes, has made all the difference, and so thank you for that. Today I'm excited because we're starting a brand new collection of talks, uh, just for the next couple weeks actually though, uh, called Built Different. TJ did a great job making this graphic of a, of a gym with, with, uh, with big barbells and stuff in it. I'd love to say that this is my gym, it is not. My gym's a lot less, I don't even have a gym, so. <clears throat> I go to lunch with a buddy named Jim. We go to Dustin's, it's great. But we're doing this series called Built Different, Living on Purpose. Anybody here like to work out? A couple people do. I'll tell you what, before we jump into, <laughs> like one person said, yeah, everyone's like, uh, I don't know. Before we get into this, let me pray for us and let's, we'll dive right in. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for how you're continuing to train us up to be the men and women you've called us to be. And God, I know that uh, with what happens and what's, what's required of us ahead, um, being a follower of you doesn't mean that life's easy. There's a lot of things that we're gonna have to push through or pull through, and, and I thank you that you're along the way, there, you're there along the way to help coach us and get us to where you want us to be. And so with whatever we're struggling with today, whatever we're fighting with, whatever thing has got us held up, God, I pray that you would just give us that, that peace, that understanding, that encouragement to push through and continue to follow you. As we do that, we know the best is still yet to come. Amen? Amen. We were talking about working out. <clears throat> um, working out is not something that, that I love to do. It's not something I'm really good at. Uh, but a couple weeks ago, I had a, uh, uh, um, one of the, my friends here at the church said, Hey, Brian, I've got a, I've got a gym in my garage why don't you come in and work out with me? I was like, yeah, that's, that's cool. Can we just go fishing? That'd be fun too. He said, yeah, yeah, but let's, let's work out too. So he, he asked me a couple times, like, okay, I'm going to come work out. He said, when's the last time you worked out? I said, well, let me think. I graduated in 2003, sometime around 2003. That was, that was probably it. And um, he said, okay, well, let's see where we're at. And so um, he got me, you know, we started working out, and, you know, he, he had very well educated, and he had a plan. He said, this is what, these are the workouts we're going to try to do, and we're going to see all that you're capable of doing. And I felt like the fattest baby with, like, two left hands, and, like, I, I'm telling you, you, I was humbled beyond anything I've been humbled in my entire life. Like, I'm sitting there pushing up, uh, doing a bench press, and, like, shaking, like it's an earthquake, and... And I'm like doing squats. I'm like, dude, I'm going to blow out these shorts, and this is not going to be a good time. It was a very humbling experience. But the, the thing that was most uncomfortable was, was the fact that I, was, I, I just had no control in anything that I did. Now, he invited me the next day. I'm like, bro, I don't know if I can do this two days. But I went. did it like two or three days in a row, three or four days in a row or something. And, uh, and after those days, I felt, I felt great, felt sore. But I felt great. But the weirdest thing in, in the whole experience so far was, I told him, I was like, I just don't feel comfortable. I don't have any control. And he said, the, the reason why you don't have any control is because you have no core. Like, your core is, your core is nothing. Which, by the way, this is, I'm going to get back to the sermon here in a second. But, like, I sent a video of me deadlifting 375 pounds. I sent it to my wife. I said, baby, look at this. Deadlifted 375 pounds. She said, baby, how much weight do you got to pull out of the bed every morning? You should be able to lift up 
375 pounds. I said, thanks. Thank you so much. Love you. Such the encourager. But I had no core. Everything was shaky. The foundation of, of what I had for, to build on top of was not very much. And as he was telling me this, this verse came to mind. This verse that, that Jesus said. He communicated this teaching. I love the way that Jesus communicates because as he's teaching the people around him, as he's teaching his disciples, those that are gathered, he's always using these visual illustrations. He's helping them to understand in a way that no other teacher of the law or teacher of, of, of anything had told them before. He's teaching them in a very new way. But he communicates this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 29. If you, if you don't have a Bible, it'll be up here on the screen, uh, but it's also on your Bible app. If you go to live events, I think we have it there as well. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 29. It says, anyone who listens to my teachings... And follows it is wise, like a person who builds house on solid rock. Through the, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the flood come and the wind beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. goes on in verse 20. It says, when Jesus was finished with the, saying these things, the crowds were amazed by his teaching, for, they were taught with, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of the religious law. Jesus says in this, he says, if, if you will take, if you will listen to what I'm teaching you and, and study it, then you'll be wise. That's not what he says, is it? He says, if, if, you take my, if you take my teachings and you listen to it, and you get together with your friends and you contemplate the thoughts about it and what it would look like if you did it, your life would be changed. He said, no. He said, if you listen to my teachings and you follow them, that means if you do them, that means if you take these steps, they might be a little uncomfortable, but if you take these steps, then you'll be wise. Like a man that built his house on a solid foundation. As I, as I thought through this verse and as we were working out and even as I was driving home, it, it came into a different light this week as we went through this hurricane, Nicole. Many of you know... Um, the, the devastation that's happened on the, uh, on the coastline here in Volusia County, uh, from even, even up into Flagler County, but Daytona and Daytona Beach Shores and even in, in Port Orange and stuff like that, um, there's been so much beach erosion. Um, I've, I pulled some pictures from a friend of mine's Facebook, uh, Dave Lincoln Holker. He went out with, uh, I think, uh, Volusia County Sheriff's Office or something, did a little, a little flying around. These are some of the pictures that he took um, from the storm this past, it's a condo on the beach that the pool's falling in. That's that's somewhere in Daytona Beach Shores where public bathrooms have just fallen fallen into the ocean. I didn't I didn't want to show the pictures that are truly devastating because many of ours of of people's like homes, like we've seen complete 
complete homes just fall into the ocean because of the or beach erosion that's happened because of these storms. Now, I'm not, I'm not tying in anything that Jesus, please, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, like, Jesus says you're a fool if you build a house on the beach side. That's, if you hear that, you're dumb. And, you know, sorry I called you dumb, but, you know, bless your heart. But as I saw these pictures, as, as we've been going through this past week, it, it made me see things in a different light. Because when it comes to the, the issues that, that these places were having, they were foundational issues. I think sometimes as I prepare these sermons, I think the Holy Spirit shows me things in the physical of what he's trying to communicate to us in the spiritual. That sometimes when it comes to, to the foundations that we're building in our lives, the spiritual foundations, as, as we say we're followers of Christ, the things that are, that are creating that firm foundation should be built on the fact that we are doing what Jesus called us to do. Not just, not just teaching us, not just teaching about it, not just studying about it, not getting together just in circles to, to talk about it, but actually putting into action what he's called us to do. I didn't tell you earlier, but I've, I had named this sermon, if there was a title for it, it would be, it'd be Just Do It. Look at your neighbor and say, Just Do It. I'm sure you guys never heard that before. I should trademark it. Matthew 7, verse 26, and the message reads like this. I think it's important to hear it in this context as well. It says, but if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid, look, oh, carpenter. You're, you're like a stupid. Don't be a stupid. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be a stupid. No one's saying that. Okay, I'm in trouble. You're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on Sandy Beach. When a storm rolled in, the waves came, and it collapsed like a house of cards. At the end of it, it said this, though. It says, when Jesus conducted or concluded this address, the crowd burst into applause. They'd never heard teaching like this. And this is the part that I thought was interesting. It says, it was apparent that he was living everything he was saying, which was quite a contrast to the other religious leaders. This was the best teaching that they had ever heard. Not, not that it was one of these things that was, it was inspiration. This is the best teaching that anyone has ever preached. This is, this is what you'll find out here in a minute. Is this, this sermon, this thing that he's, he's, he's talking about is, I'll get to that in a minute. I remember my dad, um, my dad telling me at an early age, he said, son, your actions will speak far greater than what your words will. The things that you do will, will sound out far louder than anything that you actually, you actually say. Yeah, you know, I think in, uh, in life, um, even when it comes to, to working out, you know, I, uh, I, can, I can download the apps I can, uh, I can get a plan together. I can figure out, like, I, I can get the right tools and have the right things. I can get the, 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 go to the right gym membership and all that stuff. I can understand and, and plan and how to do it. But until I show up and I actually 
push on a bar or lift something heavy or hit go on a treadmill or whatever it is, until I go and actually do it, nothing, nothing is going to change. Things are just going to stay exactly the same. I think for us, part of what we need to understand is being a follower of Christ isn't knowing as much as it is just doing it. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 28, Jesus is talking to some Pharisees. And he says this, he says, but what do you think about this? He tells them another story. He says, a man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. I'm going to tell you right now, um, I grew up in the south, south Daytona. No, I'm just kidding. Um, And the thing I hated to do in life was rake leaves. My house lived under these, like, huge, like, maple-looking tree leaves, and they just, like, it it felt like they were the opposite of evergreens. They just fell year-round. I felt like every Saturday my dad was like, hey, go out and rake the leaves. And I guarantee you if I had ever told my dad no on raking the leaves, I wouldn't see the next two Saturdays. Jesus continues, he says, no. He says, if, if the son answers, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyways. He says, then the father told the other son, you go. He said, and, and yes, sir, I will, the, father, the son responded, but he didn't go. Jesus asked the Pharisees, he said, which of the two obeyed his father? And they replied, the first one did. And then Jesus explained to them this. He said, I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. He's saying this to the people that have devoted their life to the the teaching of the law. Because ultimately, it's, it's not about what you know. It's not about the plan that you have. It's about what you actually will do. Now, some of you are like, but Brian, I mean, some of the stuff that Jesus asks to do is, is kind of uncomfortable. It's not an easy thing to do. When Jesus tells us to turn the other cheek, man, it's a whole lot easier to, like, bash someone on Facebook or something like that. It's a lot easier to reach out the car window and tell someone they're number one. What's important is not the knowing. The thing that that makes a difference is the actual doing. Now, some of us, as as even myself, as I get up and and older and older with each year, I kind of get caught up in this thing of like, I just am who I am. I'm not going to, you know, there's not a whole lot that's going to change. This is kind of, this is who God has made me. It's easy to get settled in that. But I don't, I don't think that's a safe place for us to be. And, and I don't think that's true. I think that, that God has called us to constantly pursue what Jesus told us to do. And if, if, if we do that, that means change will happen in our lives. 
I know we live in a world where change, so much change around us has happened that we, we want to hold on to anything that is, is comfortable, anything that is, is just it feels, feels right, it feels like the old, the old ways. We've got to figure out how to start putting our faith, putting our, our, our belief in Christ not into just being an identifier, not something we just talk about, but something that we actually, we actually just do. Our actions will speak louder than our words. I think um, you know, this great change requires a lot of work in us to live a life day in, day out that, that does exactly what Jesus called us to do. And I think it does create change in our life. I don't think it's something for us to be afraid of. I think if anything, Jesus used someone to, that, that was firm in his ways someone that was dead set and invested into who he was, was never going to change and used his story to show us that, that we can make a change in our own lives. In the book of Acts, it talks about a man named Saul, and Saul was a Pharisee. Saul was a defender of the Old Testament law, and he saw the early church, he saw the people of the way as something that was coming against opposition of the teaching that he had so hard work, so worked so hard for. And as the way to defend it, he said he, he gathered people together and he started to persecute the church, the people of, of the way. And along his travels to do this, Jesus stopped him. He showed up. He said, Paul, I don't, or he said, Saul, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. Why, why are you persecuting me? And in the moment of this conversation, he changed Saul's life forever. In Acts 9, verse 9, it says that Saul was blinded because of the light that he saw. He couldn't do anything. So it said he remained there blind for three days, and he did not eat or drink. Jesus wasn't done, though. He sent a man to go to Saul and he prayed with Saul and it said that these things that look like scales fell from Saul's eyes and all of a sudden Saul could see. Three days of, of fasting and praying and, and connecting with, with, with God, trying to figure out what, what's going on, changed his life forever. And it says in Acts 9 verse 22, it says and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is indeed the son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation amongst Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them into chains uh, to the leading priests? Saul would later on be named Paul, and Paul would go on to write most of the New Testament. A man that was so firm in his ways that he was defending what he thought was the right way. Jesus says, no, 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 listen to my teachings and do what they say. Put it into action. Because of that, the world was forever changed. James, the brother of Jesus, writes this in the first chapter of his book, verse 22. He says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. 
Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. As I finish up today, I wanted to challenge you with this. I remember my dad telling me years ago, he said, Brian, if, if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll just keep getting what you're getting. If, if you just keep, keep on where you're at, you'll just keep staying stuck in the same place. I think, I think for some of us, it's time to, to change it up. And when it comes to being a follower of Christ, being a Christian, I, I, think, I think the challenge is to not know about Christ, to not, not just understand, not to talk to other people, but to follow him means to actually put into action what he's taught. To not just study it, to not just learn about it, to not just talk about it, but to just do it. I read a story this past week of a man named Dan Whedon. 1988, Dan had a very small ad agency. And he went trying to get business, went across the street to a small little shoe store named Nike. As they started to work together, he came up with a slogan for them. It was three words. Just do it. In 1988, they started with a slogan, and today it's all over everything. It's all over shoes. It's all over backpacks in high schools. It's all over shirts. I remember seeing a video of a, must be a 70-year-old man running across the bridge saying, just do it. And he had his Nike shoes on. I remember as I watched him thinking, like, man, I'm tired just watching this guy. But he was saying, just do it. And the reason why it's been so successful, I think, is because people have understood, as they've seen it, even if it's been subliminal, they understand that there's, there's more power in action than there is an idea. Because an action will change something. I can, I can have an idea to go and work it out and have the right apps, but unless I actually go do it, nothing's going to change. Jesus, as he's telling the story, he's saying, if you'll, if you'll learn my teachings, if you'll listen to them, and you'll put them into practice, you'll be like a wise man who built his house on a firm foundation. But what is that, what is that teaching he's talking about? Is that the entire Bible? Matthew 7, I believe it's in, in 27 is when he says this. You gotta understand the context of who he's talking to because because what's happening right there is he's finishing up what would be the greatest sermon ever told. It would be the Sermon on the Mount. In Jewish custom, when, it, when, when you communicate something like this, when you write a letter or you give a teaching, the thing that is said last is the thing that is, is of great importance. 
It's something that this is the last thing that you're going to leave them with. And as the people are sitting there and they've been amazed by his teaching so far, he leads with this. He said, this, I understand that you, you like what you've heard. But what happens next is, is not knowing this, but putting it into action. And so church, I want to challenge you to do just that. This week, as we take a step out of these doors, as we are followers of Christ, to not just identify as someone who goes to coastline or someone who is a Christian or maybe it's not even something that we say or talk about. Maybe it matters more what we do. I want to give you some homework this week. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is a sermon on the mount. It's the most fantastic teaching I think you could ever listen to or hear. I want to challenge you this week to, to listen to it or to read it. I think it's something you can easily do every day. This morning as I was uh, in the shower, I, I, I tested something. I put it on my app, on my, my uh, Bible app, and I, I just hit play trying to think, you know, how long was it going to take me to listen to and before I could finish getting ready, it was already, it was already done. One of the greatest, mess, greatest messages Jesus ever taught, I was able to listen to in my bathroom at my home. I want to challenge you to do that this week, to listen to the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through Matthew 7. Not so that you'll learn it. Not so that you can talk to your friends about it. Not so that you can be in awe of, of what Jesus said but that you can then take what you've learned and put it into action and live it out. That you'll just do it. Because if you, if you just do it, your life will change and the, the world around us will change and be a better place. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the challenge you've given us to not just sit back and be comfortable, but to work on our foundation, to put what we're learning, to put what you've said and what we hear you say into, into action, to not just be comfortable with coming to church every Sunday and, and checking our card, to not be comfortable with just identifying as followers. We gotta pray that your Holy Spirit this week would challenge us individually put into action what you've called us to be, what you've called us to do, to help those that are hurting, to be patient, to be kind, to be generous. God, I pray that you would charge us as we go into the world that you've put us in, as you've blessed us with this adventure of life. I pray that we would put into action, that we would just do what you've called us to do, that we wouldn't just talk about it, but we would just do it. And I thank you for what you're going to do in our lives because of it. We believe the best is still yet to come. We love you so much. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.